Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome to Inside the Tunnel, brought to you by VT Scoop 24-7 Sports. My name is Andrew Alex, joined today by the head honcho once again, Evan G. Watkins. What's going on, Doug? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. Another, uh, another big guest on the podcast. Another week, another big guest. Another week, another big guest, Phil Darius Payne, joining us today. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. Happy to be here. Hey, we're happy to have you. Evan, let's get it started. Yeah, so let's let's start at the beginning. Let's start it, uh, you know, back in, in Suffolk, right? You, you came, out of, came out of Suffolk, and uh, you were a, an edge outside linebacker high in high school and you went to Lackawanna, you know, let's talk about, let's start there. How was that? How was that transition and that experience for you uh, back at Juco? Um, Juco was a fun experience. Um, I would put it as you can't really get that experience nowhere else, no matter where you play in college football, especially with like the Juco atmosphere or being with your brothers every day. And that's all you see. All you know is football, school, weight. There's not much to it, really. Now, back when you were at JUCO, uh, a lot of the or several members of this staff, Brent Pry included, were at Penn State. Obviously, they have close connections to Lackawanna. Did they recruit you while you were at JUCO? Oh, uh, yes, yeah, so I got recruited by Penn State at my time during JUCO. So, how you know what? What did you think about Pry at the time? Like, not not head coach Pry, defensive coordinator Pry, and kind of his relationship with you at that time. I was like, his scheme is very smart and with the D-line play, because every time he was at Penn State and now at Virginia Tech, his D-line produced very good and very often. So I was like, I really would like to play under him, but it just wasn't able to happen at his time at Penn State. And it was, I was happy when I found out he was the head coach at Virginia Tech. Yeah, yeah. So but between Lackawanna and Virginia Tech, you had to stop at Nebraska for a little while. Um, you know, what was what was the experience? What was the best takeaway you had from your time out in Nebraska? Um, uh, it was a lot of good networking skills I learned from out there in Nebraska. A lot of good people out there, good fans. I always tell people I play for the two best fan bases between Nebraska and Virginia Tech. The fan bases and the family atmosphere was amazing out there. The weightlifting staff. I, I, it's, Nebraska had had good. I would just say it was good overall, great experience. I wouldn't trade anything. And then I, I played under Coach McGovern. Uh, he passed recently. He was a, a outside linebacker coach last at UCLA. He's a great outside linebacker coach. And Coach Dawson, he coached at many big universities and good universities NFL team. So it was good to learn under them. And Coach Tuioti, who now coaches at Oregon, it was good to learn under that whole entire coaching staff, really. Yeah, so you were an outside linebacker there, uh, entered the transfer portal, um, and ended up at Virginia Tech. So how how did that process happen for you? You know, what got you? Were you on Virginia Tech's radar kind of the minute you entered? Did you contact them? Like, how did that whole process start to get you to Blacksburg? 
Um, once I hit the portal, because I actually hit the portal twice. So I hit it one time right after the season, like in this period that just passed. And then I returned back to Nebraska. And then I hit it again right before spring ball. And then during that time, it was like Virginia Tech reached out as soon as I entered the portal that time. Um, we clicked pretty quick, honestly, because I always liked Coach Pry, like what he did at Penn State. And I'm like, he doing that at Penn State. Of course, he's going to bring this to Virginia Tech. And I was all in with him. Okay. What were the other schools, you know, when you chose Virginia Tech, who were the, who else was in the running as a transfer? Uh, it was some schools that reached out, but it was no other schools really in the running. Because, like I said, like once Virginia Tech reached out, it was like it was basically over with, if I'm going to be honest with you. Okay. And obviously, pride was a big factor there. But what about just the opportunity to return to the state of Virginia? How big did that play in your decision to go to Virginia Tech? Oh, yes. Yeah, it was amazing because my family, they travel a lot. Like they travel to my junior college game. Say if it was like 30 people in the stands, 15 would be my family. Uh, they traveled to Nebraska. I remember Ohio State, my first game at Nebraska during the COVID year. They were having the stands again because, you know, it was COVID, of course. And now me being close, it was amazing. To, I believe they made almost every game. So when you when you made that decision to to go to Virginia Tech and you you get to Blacksburg, um, when did you dis or when when was the decision made for you to move from outside from outside linebacker defensive interior? It was it was after an injury, right? Yes, sir. After I tore my Achilles, because um well before when I went to Nebraska, I was actually listed as a DND tackle, but I caught COVID and lost twenty pounds. So I moved outside linebacker and DN. And then, um, yeah, like you said, when I tore my Achilles, um, Coach Price pulled me aside and asked me what I thought about D-tackle. And I was like, if, if this is the scheme and I see how the scheme was working, I was like, yeah, I'll definitely give it a try. Well, you, you definitely impressed at defensive tackle this year in, in your lone year there. What was, what was the biggest learning curve? For you this year, stepping into that role, uh, everything comes a little quicker because at DN half of the time it's a one on one with like a tackle, and if not a tackle, it's a tight end. So tight ends are not that big, honestly. So imagine lining up versus a tackle and a tight end from going from a guard and tackle or a guard and center, and they get your hands on pretty quick because once the center snap, they know when the snap count is. Everybody know when the snap count is, but the center actually snapping so they going right then and there you right in front of them everything's just a lot quicker you got to hit the pass rush move quicker you got to rip off quicker you got to fight longer it's different we saw the end result and you made it look relatively easy but how much of a learning curve did you feel like there really was there as you made that positional switch um, at first i feel like it was a lot because i also had a spring ball but i didn't do much during the spring because of the achilles so just learning from Guys, like, that room was very experienced. So we had, like, Norell, Mario, Fuga. So learning from them guys, they they stayed back often, told me what I was doing right and wrong. So, make through that transition, you basically turned that transition. You were a surprise for a lot of people making that transition and then turning into a really dominant player at Virginia Tech this year. Um, what was 
when you were when you look back on your season, what was your personal highlight? What was the goal you set, and what did you achieve? I really wanted to win a bowl game. If I'm be honest with you, and I, I did honestly want to win the ACC, but we all fell short of the ACC goal. I believe next year they're gonna they're gonna really push towards that. But this year, those were my two big goals. I'm more of a team guy. Wasn't really looking for like individual stats or individual goals, but I wanted to walk away with trophies, and it was it was amazing to beat Tulane and UVA in the same year. So, Lena, you've mentioned earlier about guys like like Mario and and Narell being in the room and and Fuga already and kind of helping you with that transition. Who would you say you leaned on the most as you transitioned to D tackle? Um, I wouldn't say the most, but I would learn. So Fuga, he was more like he would help me a lot with the run. So he would help me with the run. Narell and Rio, they would do some of both because they knew how to play the run and the pass. So they would switch it up. And I would go to all three, four advice for different times, different terms, or just learning different things or watching what they do. And I'm like, yeah, that's something I really want to learn. So let me ask them why they did that or how, how they did that. How was Coach Price throughout the transition, right? I mean, obviously, it's a guy who's dealing with a lot of very seasoned interior defensive lineman. Was he very encouraging throughout? Uh, you know, kind of just talk about what your relationship with him ended up being, given that, you know, probably not necessarily the coach that was at the forefront of your recruiting, I would assume. He was very patient. I could say that. Like, he would um, probably mess up more than I did good at first, and he was telling me what I could do better, what I could work on. He would say, do this, do that, and – he was like most of the camp, he was very patient and he was lenient. He was just telling me what I could do better and what I could do wrong. Very appreciative of him, especially with him playing D-line before. He was he would understand what I was going through, switching positions. So you mentioned leaning on some guys for some different different things. Who uh which one of you which one of them taught you how to do the the almost intercept a handoff in the bowl game? That was that was one of the most impressive D line plays that I've probably seen in quite some time. Um, um, I think I just learned that from just some time and just throughout that game, I was seeing the snap count and what Tulane was doing. Like they would do like a center snap, and at the time I forgot the, what the score was, but I think if they would have scored there, they would have been up two scores. I, I believe the score was seven ten. And and if they would have scored then they would have been up two scores. I'm like, at least we can do is just make a stop. But God willing, everything was open and it was perfect timing. I want to talk a little bit about this season in general, right? Obviously, uh things didn't necessarily get off to the start that you guys would have wanted in the non-conference play. You beat Old Dominion, but then you drop a couple of, I guess I could say a trio of tough ones with Purdue, Rutgers, and Marshall. From the outside looking in, especially with, you know, some of the fans, it seemed like the sky was falling. What was it like in that locker room? Did you guys and the coaching staff kind of keep their poise? Was there any kind of players-only meeting, or was it just business as usual? Um, we just we kept the track uh, business as usual, like you said. Uh, every time we'll come in Sunday, we'll have our meetings. And it was never no pointing fingers. We were more together 
been looking on the outside, kept everything in-house. And at the end of the day, we knew going into the season that we were all we got. So we were just leaning on each other, believing on each other, and knowing we was going to get through that together. You know, we've talked about your relationship with Pry, and, and uh, you know, we talked about J.C. Price. What about Chris Marv? What What is he like for you as a defensive coordinator? Obviously, Pry has a, a very similar scheme that he ran as a D.C., but now that it's it's Chris Marv's show, you know, what, what was that like for you? What's your relationship like with him? And just how is he as a D coordinator, somebody that played for him? Um, I loved Coach Marv as a D coordinator and as a person, as a human being. He was good for the whole entire team. He always came with energy every single day. He was ecstatic. He was every day he'd come ready to work. And I like how he would send the pressures, different movements. He was ready to attack. He wasn't really taking anything. He was we was going to get them, and that's what it was. And believe the whole entire defense was behind him and was ready to do whatever he wanted to do that day. Throughout the season, especially during that second half of the season, did you guys feel the momentum in the same way that we felt it watching the games? Like everything was really coming together at one time? Yes, sir. Yeah, definitely. Especially because we didn't know we were able – we could have ended up going to the ACC championship until it was just out of nowhere people started posting on Twitter. And we was like – we didn't even know that. We was just going game by game, day by day, practice by practice. And that's thing we know we had a big opportunity in our face. Were there any specific team leaders, older guys in the room, that you felt through the tough times and the good times were someone that the entire group really leaned on? Norrell. He was a big-time leader, tough times, good times, all times. You can just look at him, lean on him. He's a good voice, always had a good speech, came from the heart, knew what he was going to say, knew what he was going to do. And he wasn't just just talking. He would lead with actions and go out there and practice hard. You know, holistically looking at the season and tracking the metrics, the stuff that we, we track um, – you looked like you had one of the best defensive ta- from the defensive tackle position seasons in the ACC. What games, what moments, what stands out when you think back about your senior year? What was kind of the biggest game for you or the biggest moment for you? Oh, of course, that Tulane little dive or when I got back there on the handoff, that was a huge moment for me. It was raining. It was just, it was fun. It felt like a little kid moment. Like it was raining. I really, I wish it was dirt. I wish I would have, I could have slid, but it was, it was turf. I was kind of mad about that part, but that game and then UVA game, because I haven't won a trophy game since Juco. So that game meant a lot. And it was, you could just see it with the coaches, the players. Like I said, it was like another little kid moment. He was just smiling. He was like, this is what all the hunger drills was for, the yelling and the screaming. And it was just, it was surreal. Going into that game, what was the message from the coaching staff? Because that UVA game was pretty pivotal in the outcome of the season. Um, it was throughout the week. Like, we was receiving messages from past alumni that played, from Michael Vick and past players. And every day we came in there with just motivation, and they was telling you, like, what the game means. Because, you know, some people are not even from Virginia. 
growing up in Virginia, I know about the Virginia Tech and UVA game and just always believed that Virginia Tech was always the more dominant team, the more dominant university, and they were just going in depth about it and telling us what it meant to them, what the cup meant to them, and what it means for it to stay home. You know, you mentioned that you think that this group going into next year has a really good shot of accomplishing that goal of winning the ACC. What do you think should be their number one priority during the offseason? Well, just like we said, well, like I said, just start off from day one with the workouts. I just feel like with this team, with this coaching staff, they're going to do the right thing following from day one, just do the workouts, do the winter workouts, do the spring ball. And I, I really do believe that everything will fall into place for this team. I'm excited to see them play next season. I got very high hopes. So next season, they they'll you got high hopes for them, but also high hopes for yourself trying to make it to the next level. What is your current process? Where like kind of walk us through since the the game against the bowl game against Tulane. Um, what have you been working on, and and what's the plan for you right now? Um, so first, of course, I've seen family, but once I started working out, of course, doing a little more speed work. Because during the season, especially at D-Line, we're not doing any speed work, if any speed work at all. So a lot of speed work, a lot of lifting. Um, after today, I was dead tired. I'm like, oh, shoot. Like, it was a long day. Hit the turf. A lot of water, a lot of fluids, a lot of food in me. Trying to get back to health every single day just to come back and do the same day over and over. Um, just to train the aspect. Just feel like if I take it day by day, and like I said, everything will come together at the end and just get ready for the pro day back at Virginia Tech and just see where things land. What position do you think you, uh, you know, would be best suited to play at the NFL level? See, that's the thing. I don't, I don't really know. I do like D tackle a lot. Of course, I would have to gain some weight, I feel like. But if I gain some weight, because I've been at my heaviest, I've been 288. And at my lowest, I've been 250, so I could play either or. Had some good snaps outside linebacker at DN at Nebraska, but wasn't as dominant as this year was. So I would like to keep continuing that D tackle route. Are you back in Hampton Roads training, or are you at a facility? Where are you at? I'm training now in North Carolina out at um, Prolific. Okay. Are you with any other former Virginia Tech guys down there? No, sir. Okay. What what took you down there? Um, just talking with the agent and I was going down there, seeing the facilities, met the trainer, and I was really liking it, seeing the work that he put in the past guys. I was like, we can do it. Obviously the Hokies have done some uh transfer portal recruiting at, at your position. Did you have any conversations with those guys during the process? Um, yes, sir. Okay, and what, what was your what was your message to them? Uh, I was just telling them that this defense is very good, and um, you come play here that that I can see some big things happening for a few of them. I only talked to, I believe I talked to two of them, one at D tackle position, one at linebacker position. I was like, I could really see some big things happening for you here. Um, D tackle had a very good year last year. He was higher. I, I believe he made all ACC honors too. 
So I was telling him that you come here that I really believe that he'll be real good. And throughout the season, I watched him play a few times. I was like, who is 16? Like, he would keep popping up on my tape. I was like, he was real good because I used to – like, I've seen Dwayne Carter – and the um, I I forgot number five name from Duke, but I keep seeing sixteen pop up, and I was like, yeah, it's the real deal. Now I know he's obviously a, a little younger than you, and I don't know if you had any communication with him or not. But Kamari Copeland from Virginia Beach goes end up ends up going uh, Army, going JUCO, and now coming to Virginia Tech uh, as a defensive tackle. Did you talk to him at all when he was maybe up there on his visit or through his recruiting? Oh no, sir! I had no contact for, with him, but I am rooting for him, especially as a seven-five-seven guy and JUCO. Yeah, he's got a similar path path that you had. He's got a very similar path. Yeah, because I know the Iowa Western D line coach, so I know he produced real good guys. Worked out with him a few times, and I'm excited to see how he plans out. I guess my last question for you, and we'll do a couple fun questions at the end. But uh, who was the most impactful person in your time in Blacksburg obviously you had some lows with the injuries some highs really ending on a high you know with that trophy game win between it all you know who would you want to thank the most I really probably think Matt Johnson and Nasir Peoples because like me and Matt Johnson got injured at the same time so it was a lot of deep talks deep thoughts um, I was just getting to Virginia Tech, so he helped a lot mentally, physically, motivationally. He'd been through a lot, and Nasir people also been through a lot. And he talked to me, motivated me, and I, I really do appreciate them too a lot. How difficult was it for you? You just get to Virginia Tech as a transfer and then have to miss the year. How how difficult was that? Um, It was very tough. I was – um. I was very sad during the time because I was like, damn, I just got here. I thought it was going to be like, a, you know, Antoine got here during the summer and got right to playing. I yep. thought it was going to be one of those situations. So I was happy to get back to Virginia. Big thing was for me was we was playing ODU. That's back in the 757. Never played a game in Virginia in my career. So playing back in the 757 would have been huge for me. And it was just – Everything, came, all the feelings came in at once, just like, dang, why me? Like, why did this happen? But it came out to be, came out to be good. So on the other side of that, how good did it feel to run out of the tunnel this year and experience Inner Sandman and, and do all of that for the first time? I was, I was real happy. It was, it was a blessing, like, coming out of the tunnel. I'm like, wow, I'm finally here. Like, I remember last year, Coach Price was like, one year, like, you're going to be walking out the tunnel. You're going to be running out the tunnel. You'll be out here to be able to experience. I forgot what game was, but he would come to me on the sideline and tell me that the year I tore my Achilles. And I appreciate him for that. Just keep me going. And it was just the feeling, because you know what the Sandman is like. So just running out that tunnel was just amazing. Phil Darius, of all your teammates, who would you pick if you had to bet on one to win a hot dog eating contest? Warren Mario. <laughs> All right, same question, but for coaches. Coaches, probably Coach Price. Rule for Coach Price. Which teammate would win a dance off? A dance off, Lamar or Fuga. One of them two. They dance all day. What coach would win a dance off? Coach. 
Like Coach Cheetah got that swag. I feel like he can pull off a dance contest. What player would put out the best Christmas album? Best Christmas album. Woo, that's a tough one. Griffin, Griffin Dugan. Can any of the coaches sing? Oh, yeah, Coach Cheetah can sing. Yeah, they did like this little singing. Yeah, he, he said it all. If you had three places available at your dinner table, anyone dead or alive, who would you invite? Three people dead or alive. Oh, let me see. Got to invite LeBron James. LeBron James. Michael Vick. I want to go with. Let me see who's the third person. Probably Michael Jordan. Like them three to a table. Well, that would be a fun conversation between Jordan and LeBron. Yeah, they'll go back and forth. Finally, settle the, the score. All right, Phil Darius, we'll cut it short here. But uh, any final words for Hokie Nation? You know, I, I know. I talk to these fans every day, and they're very appreciative of your contributions, appreciative that you not only came back to the state, came back to the university, but finished out that career even despite the injury where a lot of guys would have hung it up. What's your final message for them? I'm forever grateful to be a Hokie, and let's go Hokies. Hey, well, thanks so much for joining us, man. We really appreciate it. All right, thank you all for having me. Thank you. Well, Darius Payne, a great Hokie who hopefully we will see soon on Sundays. I am Andrew Alex for Evan Watkins. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back later this week with plenty more content for you. As always, my friends, go Hokies.